and me to switch myself on. <laughs> Good job, it's not noon. <laughs> well, welcome everybody, and it's lovely to be with you this morning. Shall we open with a word of prayer? Father God, we thank you for your love, and as we look at this subject this morning, we're reminded again of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus and the power shown through the resurrection and the joy of knowing you and knowing the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we pray, Lord, for each one of us this morning, we will be open to the Holy Spirit so that we can hear you, Lord, that you will touch each of our hearts, that we will respond to you, to your glory, Lord. Amen. Well, as Kate said, um, actually she's reminded us that our theme this term is the Creed. But we have had a couple of weeks break away from the Creed. We had that wonderful celebration of, of harvest. And then last week we were thinking around our responsibilities to God's creation and the environment. And... The, what it means to be an eco-church. Now we're right back in the creed again and our focus this morning is absolutely central to what we believe. Jesus risen and ascended. Jesus risen and ascended. And I wonder how many of you get long reports. I'm afraid I still do. Um, if you get a long report, and it's, now it's often on the computer rather than paper, but I find that that's even worse if it's on computer because I can never find the other bit or what it's referring to. But you get a long report and there's so much detail in it and you get into it and you think, somewhere you think, what's this all about? I've forgotten now. And what you want is at the beginning an executive summary. Something that draws out the main points and puts it right there in front of you. That then allows you to go into that relevant piece and find out more and more about it. And here we have Luke in chapter 24, and I will be referring to these verses quite a lot in our reading today. So uh, if, if you like following in your Bible, it's Luke 24, which is found on page 1062 in our church Bibles. But in a way, our reading this morning is a, a little bit like an executive summary from Luke. It's the record of the disciples' experience of the risen Christ. And we do find more detail elsewhere. John, John gives much more detail of the relationship and the interrelation between the disciples and the Jesus once he has risen and before he's ascended. Likewise, Luke gives us more detail of the ascensions in the beginning of the Acts of the Apostle. But here, Luke, in just these few verses, is bringing the very essence of the things that he thinks are important for us to receive, understand, absorb, and then reflect in our lives. So, I want to draw these points out this morning from the reading. So, first of all, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. And we find that in verses 36 to 43, Luke presents us with physical evidence. First of all, Jesus spoke to the disciples. He spoke to them. 
And this was a voice sort of coming out of heaven. This actually was the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus who they'd lived with, who they experienced, who they'd had alongside them for the past few years. And this was Jesus. It was him. It was his voice. I don't know if you've been at a gathering uh, where you've been talking to someone and suddenly you hear behind you someone saying, uh, oh, I recognise that voice. And you freeze for two reasons. The first is that you think, oh, I've been talking too loud. The second is, it's behind you and you can't quite work out who it is. Or the third reason is, you have worked out who it is. (laughs) And they've, they've, they've got that advantage over you because while they've heard the voice, they would have looked and even from your back, they would have said, oh, that's so-and-so. And, and so you've got that de- declaration. So in our heads, our recognition is round voice, but it's also around the person and the shape and the physical um, presentation of that person. And so Luke then moves on and says, not only did he speak to them, but then he showed them his hands and his feet with the ma- nails marks, showing the scars of the cross. There was Christ as a body, not as an apparition, not as a ghost, but as a human body that has suffered with the marks of the crucifixion upon them. And then his invitation to reach out and touch, see that I am flesh, see that I am human, just to get the reality that this Jesus is risen in human form. Jesus is alive. Jesus who is dead is alive. And then finally... Finally, the proof that, that that must have meant so much. He ate with them. He ate with them. And if you're eating, then you have to be physically human to eat and absorb food together. And so, their original amazement is turning to a realisation that Jesus is risen from the dead. And this is the Jesus they know and the Jesus they love. And I think with that eating, it was not just the physical act of eating, but actually you see so much of Jesus' life around fellowship and alongside people and the importance of of that eating together. Um, Francis referred to the reading before that that again we had the road to Emmaus where he meets two two of Jesus' followers and it's when they sit down to eat together that they, and hear him speak of the scriptures that suddenly they realise this is Jesus. And so the disciples are brought to that point where there's no doubt in their mind that Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. So, Jesus rose from the dead. And then we move on to verses forty. 4 to 45, this was central to God's plan for our redemption. 44 and 45, he said to them, this is what I told you, I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. And Jesus isn't just focusing to a particular chapter, a particular prophet, uh, 
But actually, he's talking about what's revealed in all the Old Testament scripture. The story of God being with his people. The picture of God in relationship with his people. The acknowledgement of the need for sacrifice to atone for sin. The concept of God dwelling with his people as shown in both the Holy of Holies and and the tabernacle going with the people, God with his people. The journey of the Israelites. The prophetic words that we find from many of the prophets. We normally go and think of Isaiah 53 because they're such powerful words and because that powerful piece of music. But God reveals, God, sorry, Jesus reveals God's purposes and God's plan for our redemption and being united with him throughout the scriptures. Throughout the scripture. And Jesus said, and this is the fulfillment. This is the fulfillment of the scriptures. Third, the purpose. Verse 46 to 47. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached. The forgiveness of sin that allows us to have that opportunity to accept what Jesus has done for us and invite Jesus to be involved in our lives, to invite God to be fully involved in our lives in everything we do. That was the purpose, to give us that opportunity to come in and know know God in that new way. And just as we were created originally to be with God, to enjoy that relationship with God, to be in union with God, so our sin got in the way. Now we have the way for that sin to be forgiven, for us to live in relationship with God. And we see with God's people in the Old Testament that they have a relationship with God, but they they let him down, they come back, etc. And our lives can be like that. But God is there for us and wants us to be on that journey. And as we're on that journey, we have the call to witness. To witness, both in word, but in the way we live our lives. The way we relate to other people. The way we respond. And we have that purpose in our lives. To live for Jesus. To be fulfilled in our lives. Because God is with us. And this is true. Jesus died and resurrected. But the need for response, 48 and 40, verses 48 and 49, you are witnesses of these things and I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. We respond to God, but the how is the power from on high that fills us. Verse 39, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until clothed with power from on high. See, it's in God's strength that we, we do what we do. It's, it's God's love that flows through us. But just, just as Jesus had been alongside the disciples, 
teaching them, showing them, empowering them, encouraging them. So God, in a new way, through the Holy Spirit, was going to be alongside them and working through them and empowering them through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. And that's such a wonderful thing to unwrap. It's so wonderful, we're going to do it next week. So if, where the subject is the Holy Spirit... So we will be looking at the Holy Spirit next week. So don't miss out. <laughs> but God doesn't leave us alone. It's not just a physical thing when we respond to God in our lives. It's actually it's, it's that it's spiritual experience of knowing God's direction. God's direction. So our lives have a purpose again. A purpose for God. And then Luke moves on to the ascension, verses 50 to 51. Let's just remind us of of that. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. What did that tell them? What does that tell us? And that's the acknowledgement of having established that Jesus is human. Jesus was in human form. It acknowledges that Jesus is God. And that Jesus is alive. Because he didn't end up crucified. He ended up resurrected. And that picture of Jesus ascended into heaven, again is that picture of the two dimensions coming together of our human lives and God with us. And that was so real to the disciples that it changed their lives. And they were driven by the purposes of God. And those purposes for some of them led to death, it led to suffering. But they were so convinced because they had had that experience of God with them. And while our experience of God with us won't be quite the same as the disciples, we are open to receive that experience of God with us, God guiding us, God making a difference to what we do every day, starting the day with God, praying through the day, the practical things, the things we're involved with, but God being real in all that we do. I wonder what our response is to all this because we've looked at the disciples' response. And one that... Let's just throw out maybe four things for that. First of all, the acceptance. The acceptance that Jesus died and is risen again. And even when they first saw the, uh, the, <coughs> the risen Jesus, they took a little bit of convincing. And no wonder, I mean, it's, this is amazing... Only God can do that. But they accepted. And then they lived their lives for God. And that for us is a challenge of getting that sense of purpose, building our relationship with God on the journey he has for us, and knowing God blessing us, directing us, open to his power and direction through the Holy Spirit. That openness to rely on God's plans rather than our plans, to accept that God can work in power through each one of us. And each one of us is precious to him. But finally, and to me this is so convincing, that the disciples, having experienced the risen Christ, having experienced and seen the ascension, what is their reaction? 
Was it one of fear and trembling or whatever? No, this is their reaction. Verse 52. Then they, wor- <coughs> then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. It was a time when that realisation of God's great love, the change in their lives, the, the fact that they had seen this with their own eyes, didn't lead to fear, oh dear, what shall we do? It led to worship, joy and acceptance. And from that, God could work in power through them. I think we're going to have a time of, of, of worship now, reflective worship, that just gives us the time to, as we rethink again those, those basic truths in our faith, just how we respond to God with that. Respond to God with our acceptance, or whatever he's showing us on our journey, of just recognising just being still and just saying thank you, Lord, that worship and the joy that the disciples felt when they returned after the ascension. So I invite you to just either sit, kneel or stand as we sing together and we're going to sing first of all, All Heaven Declares. And then the band will lead us gently in that acknowledgement. He is Lord. He is Lord.